Welcome one, welcome all to episode 44 of Press YYZ, your favorite Canadian gaming podcast. You can watch the show live on twitch.tv slash pressyyz every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or listen to it on your own time on podcast services like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, and more. We appreciate however you choose to support the show, including a subscription on Twitch using that free sub that comes with Amazon Prime. But if you've got no loonies to toss our way, that's no big deal. We'll be here for you on a weekly basis, no matter the case. I am your team leader for this evening, Mr. Mitch George, joined as always by the dependable Alexander Cozy Cozina. I came this close to starting off this episode by playing the alert siren sound that played on all of our phones earlier today. But I, I decided no, at, at the I decided at the last moment that that would probably cause a lot of needless confusion. There would be a lot of people listening to this podcast on their phones, being like, "Oh shit, is there another tornado warning? Is there another Amber Alert?" So y- you can all thank so with me. Us tonight is the phenomenal Nathan McInerney. Hello, it's been a hell of a week. We will get into that. As always, our thumbnail thespian AJ Fraser. You glorify the past when the future dries up. You too. And the man of many colors, Alex Ballant. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back. For the record. It's been a week. Tell us about it. um, It's just been a really crappy week. Um, Like, personally, my wife's uh, been self-quarantining for almost a whole week now in our bedroom. Uh, So I've been taking care of the household pretty much on my own this week and sleeping on the couch. It's been fun. So I have gotten to sleep right in front of my PS5, so I've gotten to play a lot, a bunch of games. So I mean, that's that all fun. sounds terrible, but has there been any bright spots in that playing PS5? Yeah, so um, uh, review code provided by Sony. I have a copy of Sackboy uh, that I've been playing and Ooh. beat. And so Sackboy is sack. a delightful pleasure to play. Might be my favorite PS5 launch game so far. Wow. Have you played Miles yet? No, I haven't played Miles yet. I'm waiting to see if That'll we can get do code it. for it. Uh, what about what about Sackboy are you enjoying? Um, so it's a fun 3D platformer. Um, it's very much in the vein of um, like Mario, Mario 3D World in terms of the style of play. I've been a big little big planet guy since the original one. I platinum three. I would have platinum the one and two if it wasn't for these stupid creation stuff that was in for that trophy because um, I'm not good at the creating but I like the playing and playing people's user generated user generated levels so but each yeah, of the trophies for like getting your level to have a certain like following and stuff didn't they yeah the the first one did uh, I think the second one is shoots like uh, removes some of that but it still wasn't great the third one uh, you could get the creation trophy in like 10 minutes if you followed a guide they made it much easier uh, with all the little trophies. Does it so. does it still feel as floaty as Little Big Planet? Because that's something that kind of turned me off. Is like the 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 weird float that Sackboy had in the original Little Big yeah, Planets. So the float's not gone. And personally, I kind of like the floatiness because I know how it floats every single time. So you get used to it. That's um, fair. Uh, you you do get used to the floatiness. Um, but Sackboy's a lot more like he can dodge, he can roll, he's got punches. Uh, you can jump on enemies. Um, there's like a swirl slap thing you can do. There's different tools you can get, like in other little, little big planet games. One that shoots lasers and lets you hover a grappling hook, and um, 
uh, a boomerang, uh, which can be used in a, quite a few different ways. And there's stuff hidden all over the levels. Like you have to look in every nook and cranny because in each world you have dreamer orbs, which you can collect, costume pieces, which you can collect. Um, you also have to try and get through the level without dying to get um, to get the ace on it. And uh, there's a bonus for how many bubbles you collect um, throughout the level. You unlock more of the collectibles for buying costumes and or an extra costume piece. So there's quite a bit to do and quite a bit to return to after you've beaten the game. I just did a quick run through. Now I'm going back to the levels, trying to 100% them and get everything out of them. So, this sounds a lot like Astro uh, Astro's Playroom. Is, have you had a chance to play around with that at all? And how does it compare? So I've beaten Astro, I platinumed Astro's Playroom. Um, it's, I almost want to say it's a longer version of Astro's Playroom without all of the, um, with slightly different mechanics, uh, but there's just more hidden um, in Sackboy itself. Um, I, like, I had a ton of fun. Astro's one of my favorite games of this year. Um, Sackboy is up there for me as well. Just a lot of hidden content, a lot of things to do. There's speedrunning challenges in this too, which was my, I think my favorite thing from Astro Out was the speedrunning stuff. So there's a lot of speedrunning challenges in here too that you can unlock. Um, yeah, it's just um, my biggest disappointment was not having online multiplayer ready at the launch. Um, I think that was a miss. You need two controllers to do co-op. Yeah, um, which there, I don't. Are have there co-op trophies? Uh, almost like half of them are co-op trophies. Oh. oh, so they don't actually look too bad um, once you start playing with somebody and when they unlock the online multiplayer. I think it'll be really easy to get in and do like to be able to work with people uh, right like they that, want this experience to be cooperative it just sucks that they couldn't have the cooperative experience ready at launch yeah like this seems like something i could totally get into but knowing that there are trophies gated behind co-op and multiplayer i don't like the fact that it's what what are controllers like 90 dollars yeah. at this point oh yeah so they're basically asking you to spend a second 90 dollars on a controller after you've already spent as much as you have on the system and of course it did come out on the ps4 as well mm. so not yep. totally shoehorning them into the ps5 there but at the same time maybe you know an extra was at launch could this not have been something they held until that content was ready if only there was ps4 game couldn't you use your because you can use your dualshock 4 I was... backwards compatibility titles of playstation 5 so could you i was just gonna game? say can't can you it, it, I... If only there was a compatible titles you can, yeah. If only there was a Sony uh, portable machine from the previous console generation that we could use as a second controller. That would never so work. No one wants to use the Vita. We've been over this. <laughs> um, so that could be a possibility. Like, you can play the PS4 version, I guess, on the PS5 to do that, but you couldn't do that in the PS5 version of the game. And honestly, I, yeah. I, I only got a code for the PS5 version. It doesn't seem to have a PS4 version. Um, attached to it so I couldn't check that if I wanted to because um, I tried to download it for my boys on my PS4 um, so I don't know like it's a possibility the other thing too is I think is game sharing not game sharing um, game what was the thing that was on PS4 uh, screen game share game. remote play oh um, like the you could play together second right? player or whatever with like over remote play yeah okay. it, it kind of lets you turn your system like have another person with you as like a local co-op but not be local yeah. co-op is i wonder if that's built into the ps5 to subvert that and be able to get another player on that's the, that was my other thought 
yeah that would be interesting to try that out um unfortunately i was planning on getting the game but probably not until they launch the online multiplayer or i can afford a second controller to play with my wife let's um, so that my wife maybe something we have to wait my let's wife. talk offline and see if we can get that working because the ps5 does have a lot of stuff we haven't tried yet yeah maybe i can true. get you into a game uh just to see how it works yeah um, we can definitely give that a shot yeah off, uh, offline um, um cozy yeah. i know sorry go ahead no go ahead sorry i was done i was going to change the subject so you definitely change the subject still on the subject <laughs> cozy i know <laughs> off the top you had something really fun you wanted to talk about and that is all the work you've been putting in behind the scenes on the press yyz youtube channel uh yes that? that's correct i mean it, we've not tried to really hide the existence of this for the past little while if you've been listening to our past couple of podcasts you'll know that this is something that we've been working on in the background but now it is really live for real and we have episodes one through ten up on it so please go over to our youtube channel we'll be providing a link to it in the chat and please go and drop us a sub because once we reach 100 we'll be able to get ourselves a custom little url we won't have to be youtube.com slash channel slash uc lowercase d uppercase r uppercase we don't r have to go through the whole so URL on and so right forth cozy. it's in the chat and yeah we'll start adding it to the podcast description. have we thought well. about that that really rolls off the tongue Maybe we yeah, should. No. It does not. U C D R R N F H Z F nine one I C O zero. Oh no, wait, hold on. That's a Cozy, zero, not a no. I wanted to say on behalf of all of us, thank you for all of the work <laughs> you've been putting into this behind the scenes. Oh. And we hope that within the next few weeks, probably no later than the new year, uh, new episodes will be able to go up roughly around the same time that the audio versions go live on podcast services. So yeah. if you prefer to consume on YouTube, that would be the place to be for that. The also, idea is that... Oh, sorry. I just want to say, like, the idea is that, like, a couple of weeks from now, we'll basically be caught up with where we are at the moment. And then from there on out, it's going to be you know, whenever we complete an episode here on Twitch, it will arrive on YouTube theoretically a few hours later or a day later at most. Also, thank you to AJ for the thumbnails. He created these uh, ones that you see here on screen newly for a bunch of our older episodes. I'm uh, not. I'm not thumbnail fast being for nothing. Yeah, I'm not the most punctual when it comes to that stuff. You know, uh, real life and real work kind of takes a lot out of you uh, and, and stuff. So you know, when, when I get when I get a spare moment, I, I do what I can to try and uh, piece something together so that you know the thumbnails look good at the very least. So I'd say it's more than piecing it together. I think all the thumbnails you put out have been uh, awesome, and I think we will find ways to use them more and more as we settle into this whole we do a podcast thing absolutely uh but in the meantime alex you've been busy the last little while um that and I it have. looks like you've really wrapped on something important uh wrapped is a generous term uh the, <laughs> locked the the, the the documentary that i've been spending this entire last few months working on and um has a picture locked which for those who might not be aware what that specifically means is that the edited version is done now it needs to be mixed like the dialogue needs to be mixed first and then the music and then effects and then once that's done and then once those are done and properly mixed and leveled then it is complete and it's so weird to think that in like two weeks this will be done <laughs> because I've spent so much time wow. working on it and thinking so, about it. 
in in two weeks is that when we get to see it uh i mean yes I will find you, a you would to... show us privately before yes. that right we get I, the exclu- I, hot exclusive i have to find ways to be able to show people because uh due to uh poll i want to try and get this into festivals thing i'm not allowed to post it on youtube or vimeo or anything like that it has to be what about YouTube. twitch i was uh, gonna say discord watch party sounds like a real fun time that, to me oh uh, shit yeah, you know, that's a good point discord watch parties I'm, I'm glad to hear that everything's been going well and as you can see if you're watching the stream i immediately when i saw this like i need to see this please yes please it, show me though <laughs> it's hard to be objective about it because i genuinely have watched it so many fucking times that i don't know if it's good or not anymore um i think it's good i think i hope I, I'm, I'm so does, ex- th- does this mean I get my friend back where we can finish our run through of Halo ODST at some point? Because uh, that's what's really important here. Yeah, you know, and then we got to play Halo 4. <laughs> yeah. And we got to play Gears 4, maybe Gears 5. Yeah, we don't need to play Gears 4. But yes, Gears 5, oh. for sure. Okay. Is Halo 4 the good one? Um, I like Halo 100%. 4. 100%. introduced Sprint. Sprint is great. Yeah, I love to Sprint. So I've been playing other video games as well. Um <laughs> You know, I've been playing... You've time for video games? Uh, I've been trying very hard because I have a lot of them because I spent a lot of money on games. And one of those games uh, involves doing war crimes under Ronald Reagan. That's right, I'm talking about Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Um, that game is... I mean, here's the thing. is As somebody who hasn't played a Call of Duty game in four <laughs> years at least, <laughs> I haven't played one since Infinite Warfare? Think? Was that the Kit Harrington one, or yes. was that the Kevin Spacey one? That that was Kit Harrington. Kevin Spacey uh, was. I think that was the last warfare. one I played too. Yeah, yeah, mostly because it was like ten bucks at EB Games one one of the times when I went, so it was like super. Oh, actually, super cheap. that's not true. World War Two was on PlayStation Plus a few months ago. I started that. Hmm. But um, yeah, Black Ops Cold War. It's a dumb name, but it really is super reminiscent of the Black Ops games, like Black Ops One and Two from Treyarch, like. And those are, at least in my mind, some of the best Call of Duties. It, it's very fun. Call of Duty is like, it's a tried and true formula. Like, the games always feel good. Whether or not they're actually fun to play is subjective, I guess. But I'm really enjoying my time with it. Like, it, it reminds me of 2010 in the best possible ways. And as well, they're actually doing some really cool things with the single player. I'm not too far into it, but one of the things that I really liked about Black Ops 2 in particular was that it had branching paths and branching storylines depending on what you do in the missions like Mm. you can actually have completely different endings for the game and not even just endings but different things happening like from level to level and from at least yeah it's really cool and like no one talks about that um but with black ops cold war the very first mission because i'm only like three levels in so far but the very first mission you get like this choice you get this choice where you get three separate options and very clearly they make it very poignant that like this choice will affect things later and it seems like that's the case for the rest of the game as well like i've already i haven't i don't i haven't watched i haven't been spoiled but i know that there are multiple endings to the game so it seems like they're going back to their roots with black ops 2 which is really nice because i think that game is really special for especially for a call of duty campaign that i think that's not it's kind of underrated in comparison to other Call of Duty campaigns that are very revered. But yeah, for, for I mean, it looks like God on my Series X, like with ray tracing at 60 FPS is awesome. Um, Hell yeah. If I, had I was going to ask what platform you were playing on because I, I've been keeping my eye on this one for two reasons. 
One was what they talked about using the dual sense in the game to make everything kind of feel a little different. Mm -hmm. And two, the fact that like some of my oldest gaming memories that I have, at least back to like the PS3 days, and yes, we were both too young for this, was playing Call of Duty with my sister. Mm. It was one of the few games that we kind of got together and what? played. And she's already been saying, is there a new Call of Duty for your PS5? I should get that for you for Christmas so we can play it when we're allowed to be in the same room again. So it's definitely one I've had on my radar. Yeah, it's honestly... Um... My, my advice when it comes to any Call of Duties is take time off from them. Don't play them year to year to year because then when you come back to the most recent one, whichever year that is, it feels fresh and is actually really enjoyable. And there's nothing... Like, Call of Duty has a very special feeling to it, like, in the way that the gameplay is. Like, it's very... Like, those games just... For first-person shooters, they are, like, some of the S-tier, like, at least when it comes to feeling for a first-person shooter. At least that's what I believe. And there's a reason why they are the most popular. They are still some of the most popular games. So, so hold on. Mm -hmm. In terms of first-person shooter, this is a first-person shooter with sprint and yes. aim-down sights. Yes, and I'm okay How does... with it because that is intrinsic to Call of Duty, and it's not just added uh -huh. in at any moment. That's why, uh -huh. well, here's the thing. When, when Call of Duty tried to be Titanfall felt off it was gross bad no don't like it when it's trying to do things that aren't inherent to the franchise and do them not as well as other games that do it that's when i have mm -hmm. problems uh one other thing i wanted to say is i was having this conversation this weekend with some friends of if you could bring back a friend or if you could give a studio any franchise they've worked on previously uh what studio would it be and what franchise would it be Ooh. and they'd have to stop working on what they're currently working on I realize that three of my favorite developers from my youth have either been absorbed into or are currently satellite studios working on the Call of Duty franchise. Yep. So Neversoft went defunct and merged with um, Infinity Ward in 2014, and both Raven Software and High Moon Studios have been Call of Duty satellite studios for a very long time. I want more Transformers War for Cybertron. I want more X-Men Legends slash Marvel Ultimate Alliance back when they were good Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. I want Neversoft to do the stuff they were doing and not no longer exist. Like Tony Call Hawk. of Duty, stop stealing my favorite studios, goddammit. Yeah, Call of Duty is just a black hole for studios and Activision just acquired <laughs> or Activision. I guess they don't... Activision doesn't really acquire studios, though. They just kind of have had this this pool of them but they're all just slowly becoming more and more just call of duty developers yeah so uh vivendi was the original owner of high moon studios and they were mer they merged with activision in 08 okay raven made an exclusive publishing deal in 97 with activision and were subsequently acquired neversoft was acquired in 1999 yes yeah, so by Activision. Yeah, so it's not it's not been anything recent that Activision has acquired. I think they're, you know, pretty happy sitting on their pile of money that they get from Call of Duty every year. I just I'd love to see those studios be able to stretch their legs and do something yeah. new and different. Yeah, I, I, Raven. I, I miss Raven when especially yeah. like with like X Men Origins Wolverine and the um there was there was a God, didn't I they make Raven did that Didn't game. they make Jedi Outcast as well? For uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, they did make Jedi Outcast. I, I do want to say and, I uh, I am Academy. impressed that this game kind of came out and is as good as it is because I, I did you know I, I'm not somebody who's particularly interested in the Call of Duties, but even I people like me still see Call of Duty shown off throughout the year at like you know an E3 or 
some you know high profile press conference and so you know after not seeing anything about this game at all and hearing about you know developers forced to crunch and you know forced to put off the release dates of their games amidst a pandemic i was you know part of me was like concerned on the level of like huh is this call of duty going to come together but it seems like it really did yeah i'm pleasantly surprised by it yeah i just want to say one more thing back to the talk of the studios that have been kind of absorbed into this bubble uh, the reason that I brought up High Moon Studios originally when I was talking with friends was not about Transformers, but it was actually about the first title they ever released on the PS2 and the Xbox called Dark Watch. Do you guys know at all what Dark Watch was? It sounds familiar. No, no idea. I don't remember it. Oh, yeah, I dropped a link in the in the Discord if you want to pull that up. Sure. Um, Dark Watch was a first-person shooter set in like uh, not not quite the Middle Ages, but like the Wild West where you oh, played a, a character who was bit and became a vampire and you are now haunt you are now hunting the creatures of the night and it was really really good i was very surprised playing this game as a kid and i am very upset that no one is aware of this game anymore because i would love to see something this weird and niche kind of come back this sounds like a playstation like 2 game i'll say it that absolutely much absolutely sounds and played like a ps2 game but it had a great multiplayer mode where you could jump into like arena combat akin to like goldeneye like people had goldeneye i had dark watch i got an idea for you weird yeah uh tweet uh thq nordic and tell them they should buy this yeah buy the ip from uh from activision yeah. sure drop, the ip doesn't even exist anymore. they'll drop like 10 grand on it and get it God, that would make me happy. I would love to see a remaster of this game that nobody's heard of that was a staple of my childhood. There's a there's an alternate universe where Rockstar acquired this IP, and the second game that they made in this series was like a masterpiece, but unfortunately Rockstar didn't acquire it, so we're never going to get that, I guess. Yeah, originally published by Capcom, if I remember correctly. And that strange. that's why I made the comparison, because Red Dead, the Red Dead franchise went through a very similar life where... It was Red Dead Revolver, which is like a goofy yeah. first-person cowboy game that Rockstar then elevated uh, by means of Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, this, this game this, was basically Van Helsing with cowboys, and I loved it. This yeah. could totally be RDR2 DLC or something like that. Well, that's what I thought of, like, with Undead Nightmare. This is kind of very similar to what Undead Nightmare was for the original Red Dead. All right, let's stop being distracted. AJ, what have you been up to this week? Um, well, first and foremost, you inspired me earlier this week to uh, load up uh, a little game called Sunset Overdrive on uh, PC. It's on Xbox uh, Game Pass for PC as well. Um, I'm very Game happy that I PC. discovered that. I was very happy to discover that because that was one of the only games that I wanted to get an Xbox for. And now I can just play it on my PC. I didn't yeah. know that. Um, download it yeah, it's home. there. You should absolutely uh, give it a shot. It's uh, what definitely what um, allowed Insomniac to uh, it, it proved what what uh, they were worth and allowed them to take on the uh, the Spider-Man franchise and and whatnot. the The world traversal and everything um, in it is a lot of fun. Uh, the the gameplay footage that I uh, provided to Cozy here, um, it's it's just li little clips of me me playing. Um, it, it's it's very early on in the game, and I'm still try I was still trying to relearn some of the the controls here um, as I bounce around and you know make a bunch of mistakes. But um, 
there's also something visually striking about it for it also being not quite a launch game, but um, yeah, just like a six years old at this point. Something like yeah, that. It, it was in 2015, I believe. Early 2014. 2014. Oh. Yeah, it wasn't quite launch, but it was launch window for sure. Yeah, it was close to launch window um, on the uh, Xbox One. Um, and even still on the Xbox One, uh, it, it looks great and everything, um, but I think it only runs at a, a fairly steady 30 frames uh, per second. I know you were talking about... Um, May, uh, I've been running it at unlocked frame rate on PC. Yeah, I I, I purposely um, locked it at sixty because I heard you, you were you were having some issues with the unlocked frame rate. Uh, you think uh, only in cutscenes, surprisingly enough. So I'm wondering if it just wasn't optimized for that in cutscenes, where I was seeing some weird green artifacting. Yeah, it could have also been. People were telling me it was like, oh, you have VSync on and all this stuff. I'm like, I turned it off. I was still seeing it, but as someone who loves Insomniac Spider Man, I can see how this could kind of inspire some of the combat and traversal from like be inspired by that but it honestly for me personally it doesn't feel as sharp as spider-man does and i know there's some bias there as well but yeah like i'm glad to get to experience this i am also glad i did not buy an xbox one for this <laughs> yeah it was, like, the only exclusive that they had out at the time that i'm like i really want to play this because i've loved everything insomniac has done and now yeah. i get to play it on pc which works out just as well Absolutely. And, um, like the, the whole world just has like, yes, these days were, were of a very specific punk aesthetic, uh, in terms of our desires, but, um, you know, it has more of a classic, like eighties, nineties punk aesthetic. Um, and even the music in the background of it, um, you know, just really fits, uh, the mood that it's going for. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's it's definitely one of those kind of hidden gems, and it's it's super special. There's lots of uh, really neat uh, world uh, traversal puzzles and, and whatnot, and um, fourth wall breaking in a way that doesn't feel too cheesy. And it like it knows exactly how ridiculous it is, um, and, and that just makes me appreciate it even more. So. <sighs> that's awesome i'm glad to know that me discovering this on game pass has led you to be playing it as well yeah i have uh, it on so i have it on the xbox one but um i just decided to install it on my nice fancy pc so no yeah. totally fair uh, something else that i've discovered a passion for and this is something nathan and i both share mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> we played a ton of pga tour 2k21 this week yep Ooh. Uh, it is on sale for Black Friday, so by the time you listen to this, that may, no, may lo no longer be the case. But God, is it fun to get together a group of guys and just hit some balls I, around. I just, I don't understand why you would play a golf game without dating. What? <laughs> is this a visual novel joke? I was assuming golf story joke? I don't even remember if that had any sort of... Or is his girlfriend who constantly thought he was terrible. I mean, she wasn't wrong. At yes. least when I was playing as him, she wasn't wrong. Uh, what are you referring to, Cozy? <laughs> no, I'm just... Uh, I'm referring to all, like, the anime golf games where you have, like, a gaggle oh, of waifus okay. that hang out with you and give you words of encouragement. Okay, so so I gotta ask. This isn't, um... The... the is this the extension of the Tiger Woods PGA Tour sort so, of stuff? This so, because that was EA, you know wasn't it? Backstory. So EA yeah, had yeah. the Tiger Woods, Woods license. Yeah, yeah. They lost the Tiger. So Tiger Woods backed out, but they sold the PGA Tour license, and that led to Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy on the PS4. Did, 
did he back out or no? I think that was around the time that he had the whole controversy around cheating over no, cheating on his wife. Right? He backed that, out. They kept him on after that happened. Really? Yeah. That's for a few not cool. for, for a few entries. So they made the his huh. contract was up. So they made the decision not to renew at that point. Yeah. Um, and they parted ways. And then Roy McRoy, uh, PJ Tour came out, and it was terrible. I've platinum. It it was like WWE game terrible. It wasn't that bad, that, but it was bad. I, I platinumed okay. it. I platinumed two of the Tiger Woods. It was not nearly the same quality in any fashion. Um, it had one cool battlefield course, uh, which I really enjoyed. But other than the, uh, like from the battlefield series, they had a golf course, and a ship oh. literally crashes into the one of the courses as you're golfing through, and you got to oh. play around it. Um, wow. So w- what happened was there was another studio working on a golf game, HB Studios, and they worked. Um, they did the uh, the golf club, golf club, the golf a uh, golf club, um, and so that was an unlicensed golf game. And then they got the PGA Tour license, I want to say two years ago. And then last year they were bought by Two K uh, to produce um, the PGA Tour series. Um, so they brought the name PGA Tour back, and this is being produced by Two K. Obviously, it's Two K Two One. Doesn't have all the like much really stuff you need to buy. You can buy credits, I guess, for extra clothing or stuff, but you can grind that out at a very very slow rate um, if you want to. But you don't need to buy a lot of the stuff in the game, so it's pr- it's pretty complete with no DLC and none what you'd hear from a typical two K game. Yeah, I was very pleased to jump into this, and honestly, for me, it was just another opportunity to play games with my friends. Mm-hmm. So I think. The, the, the price of entry might have been a little higher than I would have personally wanted to pay to get into this friend gaming experience. But, Cozy, if you want to pull up the tweet that I sent out with just one heck of a shot, um, because there's some really interesting, um, I don't know, everything about the game just, it feels polished. Yeah. Granted, we were playing this on the PS5 and had some issues in terms of uh, joining lobbies and stuff like that. Maybe around the party system that they've introduced on the ps5 maybe not i don't know but we had a lot of difficulties from that respect but (laughs) but ultimately i think we are all having a good time and will continue to have a good time in pga tour 2k 21 yeah it'd be nice to set up like a weekly golf date um, i'd be down for a golf date um but yeah no it's just a good time uh solid play uh doesn't have a lot of the arcadey things that Tiger Woods had, like being able to shape your shot as it's in midair by spinning the ball. Um, so you really need to take a second. Um, I think I did like five rounds of golf today on it. Um, Jesus. Work, working on the platinum as we speak. Um, so you need to it get through. It seems pretty attainable, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, the hardest ones completing, uh, you got to do a Legends run and just have par or par or higher on a Legend difficulty. Um, yeah, and I think you also need to get a hole-in-one at some point. Yeah, a, one hole-in-one. The rest is just championships you have to win and, like, things you'll do throughout as you play, like, max a sponsor out. Um, there is one hidden trophy that I'm trying to unlock, and it's getting five random – or five putts on the practice putting in a row. Um, where I haven't just, even opened that mode up, yeah, to be perfectly honest. I only went in there because of that trophy, um, and yeah. that is a shitty one. It's, like, 0.3% completion. And they'll it'll set up putts that are like 120 feet away that you huh. have to try and make, and one of them is 150 and is apparently unattainable. Oh, so, that's terrible. Yeah, so mm. you just have to hope you get a good run of like five in a row that you can get, and don't get one of these stupid long ones. So I'm trying to huh. work on that, but 
um yeah no it's super fun enjoying it uh it's half price right now uh which is a good price for uh, the content you're getting i feel yeah no I, I i agree to that extent i mean yeah i think it's a good time and if you've got friends to jump into it with it makes it that much more enjoyable yep. um now to address the elephant in the room um if you are watching this on twitch.tv slash press yyz there is a christmas tree behind me Mm -hmm. because we have gone down the holiday rabbit hole and that started with consuming the lego star wars holiday special on disney plus you guys aware of this yes i'm waiting closer to christmas to watch it it's really freaking good it is full of fan service of from every literally every good star wars movie (laughs) because i know people have different definitions of good but I had a ton of fun watching this with Carmen. A um, couple days, actually, we, we started it one night. Both fell asleep because we were damn tired, and then finished it last night. And it was so good. So if you're at <laughs> yeah. all a fan of Star Wars, it, it is not campy and cheesy, the way the old holiday specials were. It's very self-referential. Mm. See, a lot of really great references. I, I was going to add a movie team behind it. I don't think so. No. Okay. See, I was going to ask, like, is there an extended period where we see B. Arthur f- slowly clear out a bar on Tatooine? <laughs> or, are, are there any no. are there any commercials from 1979 that briefly interrupt the movie? Also, no. <laughs> uh, see, that that's that's kind of a big turnoff. I don't know yeah. how interested yeah, I, know. I am there in this. Twenty minutes of Wookies just making sounds with no yeah. subtitles. There are Wookies that make sounds, but not. To that extent. Is it Wookiees or Wookiee? Are there multiple Wookiees? Is it Lumpy? There are there there is Wookiee representation. I don't want to spoil anything. So um, it's there's lumpy. a lot of cross okay. <laughs> there you do get some of your recognizable voices in there. Anthony Daniels and Billy D. Williams both reprise their roles from the films. Um it's 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 just a lot of fun. If you're at all a Star Wars fan, highly, highly recommend checking that one out. Alright, sweet. They should uh, turn so that into a check- game. Maybe. And speaking of games, uh, Alex, you've been playing other games other than Call of Duty. I have. There's two games that I've been spending a good amount of time on. Well, the first one is uh, God of War uh, Ragnarok. I mean, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It's. Uh, we'll talk about God of War in a bit, I'm sure. It's, uh, you know, it's Assassin's Creed in the best possible way. Like, especially if you enjoyed Odyssey even remotely which i had a blast with odyssey i think it was i think it's a reinvention of the franchise that desperately needed to happen i didn't play origins but like the last game that i played before odyssey was four and i was so burnt out by three that i just took a however long break from the franchise and now i'm back and having the year break between odyssey and valhalla is uh was real good it's just a lot of fun i'm really into norse mythology just in general so kind of having the vikings aesthetic along with like having the sprinklings of like odin and freya and like all of these characters who it's like i feel like when most people think of you know thor and these characters they think of like the marvel renditions of it which though are are fun and cool i don't feel like give them really justice to the actual mythology behind it right. and i feel like this game is a very good representation of that 
Uh, just to confirm, you've still only got the one Norse mythology tattoo, right? Uh, so far, yes. So far, yeah. yeah. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Yeah, you that know. Up. Yeah, you know. Puts us, in, puts us in the timeline where you go from one to, like, 45 in the yeah. span of three months. <laughs> yeah. By, by the time, by this time next year, I'll look like Balder from God of War. But, um, yeah, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is I hope not. Is wonderful. Not to spoil the end of that game. Spoilers. But... I was talking about his tattoos and how he's covered. I him. know, and I'm just talking about him as a character, but we'll we'll get into it, I'm sure, at some point. Yeah, don't worry. I have the mummy issues already locked down. Um, Perfect. <laughs> I, I just, uh, to get back, get back to Valhalla, I think it's really great. I think it's, you know, just a... It doesn't even feel like Assassin's Creed, to be honest. Like, the Animus stuff is so in the background, like, it's so barely a part of it at this point. It's just a really cool Viking game, and that's kind of what I want. I haven't gotten to any of, like, the real, like, mythology stuff. It's still just kind of hardcore Vikings, but, like, I just, I don't have much more to say other than it's beautiful, and I, so far, 15 hours in, I want to just keep playing it. There's so much to do in it, too. And it's a little daunting because I'm very worried that I will just be playing this game for the next three months. <laughs> no, you won't because Cyberpunk's out in two weeks. That's true. Once that comes out, you're, I'm dropping Valhalla. Allegedly. You are you are playing this on an Xbox Series X. Yes. And, oh, and you are playing as female Ivor? I, or are you so doing there's, the, the option of switching between? There's Yeah, there's three options. You can either play as male, female, or you can choose context sensitive and it switches between them. Given, like, given the cutscene i don't know what determines why you would like why it switches from one to the other um i've been kind of just kind of like switching between both of them just like on a whim i've been mostly sticking to male ivor um just i kind of when it came to odyssey i was like firmly on cassandra because i didn't like the voice actor for alexios i really didn't i thought his voice was so like rough and gruff and i just didn't really like it it felt like he was really trying to put on that voice um, where I feel like both both versions of Ivor are adequate, like, and since they're the same character, I feel weird about switching between them. But I love that that's the option. I love that. Right. Like for me, I'm mostly trying to kind of stick with the one that I've chosen, which is like the male Ivor. And I think that's mostly just because I played as Cassandra through Odyssey, so I kind of wanted to switch it up. Um, but I love that that's the option that it's like I get to, because I kind of hate games when they give you the option right at the beginning of the game and you don't really get to have like any experience with either option like you have to make this like crucial decision and you can't go back on it unless you just restart the whole game so the fact that you can switch it between like as you're playing the game i think is great that's something the just going back to um sunset overdrive uh that is just an option um the uh you can just you know when you customize your character and you go change outfits or whatever um, you can just straight up change the body type and the the gendered body of your character. And it was one of the first games like that I remember in the middle of the game that you could just do that. Um, and they even have a, a, a f funny quip after you do that. Easiest sex change ever. And, you know, then you can continue on playing and whatnot. But Yeah. Uh, speaking of sex, Alex, you put the word chlamydia in the dock. Is that a typo, or do we all have to go get tested? Uh, well, I mean, you can do what you want. I mean, all I right. Um, but yes, the other game that I've been playing, which um, surprisingly has been really a lot of fun, and is also one that I think you shouldn't sleep on, is a uh, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Clamidia. Chlamydia. Chlamydia. Cl yes. Age of Chlamydia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Age of Calamity. It's, um, I'm sorry that I did that as the segue, but that's what yes. you put in the doc legitimately. Yes. So. yes, I was trying to be funny today, if you couldn't tell. Um, it worked. But yeah, I think it's uh, for I, it's my first. Uh, they're Muso games, right? That's yeah, yes. Genre. That is yeah. what they're called. Correct. Yeah, this this is my first one of these. I never played any of the Dynasty Warriors. I didn't play the original Hyrule Warriors or any of the other ones that um, have been made in this like genre. But as a Breath of the Wild prequel, it's more than meets the eye. Like I think one of my biggest problems with Breath of the Wild, besides. Well, there's two big problems I have with Breath of the Wild. One is the kind of lack of story. Um, like, it's there, but it's not really presented to you. Where this feels a lot more traditional, where it's like, it is a story. There are a lot of cutscenes, and, like, like you know what's going on. You're not trying to find the story yourself. It is really, like, telling you a story, which is kind of what I was expecting with the Zelda game. Is, but Is ahead. it actually the, the same Breath of the Wild map? Um, like, but a hundred years earlier, less destroyed and whatnot. At or? least the the overview, like everything looks, like I I'm not sure if it is exactly one to one as like environments that are in Breath of the Wild, but at least like the map screen that you have when you choose your missions, that's all the same. Um, mm -hmm. Just aesthetically, it looks exactly like Breath of the Wild. Like it, it feels like I'm playing Breath of the Wild, but with better combat, and that's why I'm oh. really enjoying it. Like, hmm. here's the thing, is if Breath of the Wild had, like, this type of combat, maybe not to this extent where there's, like, thousands of enemies all on the screen at the same time, but, like, if it had, like, this kind of more, like... Frenetic? You know, yeah, frenetic, no paper weapons, like, no glass weapons that you have to try and deal with. Like, if it had this, I would, I would be on the same page as everyone else about Breath of the Wild. I really do believe that, because this, that was, like, my biggest holdover from Breath of the Wild, and so to have that and still have the same style and all the same sounds, and it just feels, it, it feels almost like a merging between them, but it's, like, it's not enough, but I think it's a really great game, and also it's a little bit, again, with it being a prequel to Breath of the Wild, I think it's more than meets the eye, and if you enjoy Breath of the Wild even slightly... This is, like, perfect. I would highly, highly recommend it. I'm only three, four levels in, but I've been having a lot of fun with it. So you did not play the original Hyrule Warriors, no, correct? No. Okay, so we can't really kind of compare notes yet. Uh, I am curious, though, like, just how much story content is in this one, because that's something that in the lead-up to this game's release, Nintendo significantly highlighted how they were working very intimately with Tecmo Koi to really kind of nail this game's story and make it feel authentically Nintendo and also pretty robust by the Zelda series standards. Yeah, like, when it comes to... Let me also preface, I've not played any other Zelda game besides Breath of the Wild. Um, what?! I just oh, don't really? own... I haven't owned Nintendo consoles oh. until the Switch. So. Wait, you not even... No, you haven't, haven't even played Twilight Princess Picross for the 3DS. No. Wow, no. Link's crossbow training. Buy with points. The only the only other uh, Zelda game I played was the crossbow game on Wii. Ah, yes, I called it. That one. That one's not bad. Link's crossbow. It, it's training. underrated. Yeah. Underrated. It's not great. It's yeah. not bad. I like. Hey, it's a good tech demo. demo. If Nintendo fucking puts these games on the Switch, I will play them. But they just decide not to. So. Um, you we'll know. get to that in but, the news. But when it comes to, uh, when it does come to just, like, every, it feels, it feels like Breath of the Wild. Like, at least the little bits of story that you had in that game, 
Um, like, it feels on par with that, like, when it comes to the cutscenes. It just feels like there's way more of it, which is really nice, because that was the stuff I was the most invested in, but it was very sparse in the original game, where it feels like it's expanded on greatly here, and I'm really... Here's the thing, is if you have a Switch, there's a demo on the on the eShop, and it basically is the first two missions of the game. I don't remember. I didn't play all the uh, that. I would think that was it, yeah. Yeah, it's like the first two missions of the game, so it's like, if you play that and you're not in, then you're not going to be into the rest of the game. Like, but if you even have a little bit of fun during it, then, you know, I would highly recommend it. Um, though, is it worth full price? Still up in the air. Like, I don't know. It depends I, on how much you jive with this type of combat system, I guess. With the previous Hyrule Warriors, like, that game, I remember being praised at the time significantly for just how much meat was on that bone. Like, that was a game that you could log quite a bit of time into if you were really interested in all the post-game stuff. So, mm -hmm. I actually, I mean, and again, I've not played this game myself, but I'd imagine that $60 is probably adequate for this game if it has as much post-game content. Is mm. it 60 or 80? It's uh, full price. It's yeah, an $80 it's title. You, um, well, 80 in Canada for those of you who are listening yeah, who yeah, okay. don't live in Canada. I, I will like, say... But, okay, cool. Yeah. I will say uh, I did a how long to beat for this because I kind of do that with all the games that I buy. Uh, it's about 30 hours for just story. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But, uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm really enjoying it. And if you think you even might enjoy this even just a little bit, check out the um, the demo. AJ, tell me about Gears Five. Uh, yeah, no, I don't have uh, you know too much to say necessarily about Gears Five, other than uh, the one and only kind of funny commissioner Xavier Woods uh, is now a playable character in the Gears Five universe uh, multiplayer, especially, um, and uh, from what I can tell, he's free. Um, so really? I, uh, yeah, I downloaded uh, Gears 5 onto my PC and started playing around with that and uh, am, have been having a, a fairly decent time playing uh, the multiplayer and whatnot. I haven't done a, a horde mode or anything yet. Um, I, I played a little bit of Gears 5 um, earlier on uh, when uh, the game came out and I played it on my uh, Xbox One and it played fine there and, and everything. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gears is, uh, the multiplayer of Gears, which is, um, what we're showing right now on, uh, twitch.tv slash press YYZ, um, it's still, like, I'm playing a, with a, a team of human players against bots at the moment, uh, on this, in this, uh, video, um, but when you play against human players, it's still just, uh, everybody diving around doing shotguns, which is kind of like against the developer's intended spirit of the the Gears multiplayer from years ago that that's been the case but it's just sort of how the community decided they wanted to play their Gears is like shotguns only yeah. um but yeah it's um i i i have fun with it and i think um uh horde mode uh is uh something special ever since uh, Gears 2 uh put that yeah, onto the I scene think... Like, like I said, or, or I mentioned earlier, Alex and I have plans to play through Gears 5 at some point. Mm -hmm. I think when we do, jumping into Horde mode is definitely in the cards. Yes. Yeah, that's a, the Horde mode is a good way to uh, warm up uh, warm up your hands uh, to the sure. uh, control scheme and whatnot mm -hmm. when you All do right. that. Um, yeah, no. 
Sounds good. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, Xavier Woods, though, um, he, uh, G4 had their holiday reunion um, last night, uh, which was a very good episode. And at the end of it, they kind of revealed that Xavier Woods himself is going to be a part of the, the G4 relaunch. And I'm super excited for that. Yeah, he was campaigning for that for a while, so it's good to yeah. see it's uh, coming to, to pass. Very curious. Yeah. When you included this WWE schedule, when you included <laughs> this link in the yeah. run of show document, I'm like, wait a minute, AJ, were you part of this in some fashion? No, I wish. And it's like you, you like not only did you provide a link, but you provided a link to a specific time code. Am I going to go to that time code and like see your face or like see a tweet from you or see something or other that? You are going to catch a, a glimpse into uh, something that middle school and high school me really, really appreciated. Um, and, th- and that's the uh, Kevin Pereira and Olivia Munn era of Attack of the Show back in the day. Um, it, it just happens to be my, my favorite time of that show. Um, and the, the part that I linked you to is them going up uh, doing one of their old uh, uh, show segments uh, on a, a, f- a f- fake recreated cardboard uh set uh it's it's the the reunion special is just so full of nostalgia and everything and the fact that they got ron funches in there to host this thing um super exciting as well uh i'm super happy for him too but yeah yeah I, i i talked about this a bit uh on a podcast that i'll promote once it comes out but yeah attack of the show g4 that era was very influential on me being in this space the way I am today. So I'm super jazzed to see some of this coming back in some form. And I hate that you segue to the G4 thing from the Gears thing, because I had a perfect segue from uh-huh. Xbox to Cozy bitching about Walmart, but Cozy, bitch about Walmart. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Walmart sucks. So you guys might remember how in the lead up to the release of the Xbox Series X, Walmart came out and said, hey guys, we're going to put out a banger-ass trailer about a person growing up with Xbox, and we're going to announce that you're going to be able to order your Xbox Series X or S on launch day online, and we'll be able to send it to your house or send it to a nearby Walmart that you can pick it up from. Uh, I got up bright and early on that day at 10 a.m., or maybe it was 12 p.m., and I managed to secure my Xbox Series X. I decided I'll just send it to one of my nearby neighborhood Walmarts and I'll pick it up when it arrives. Um, The good news is the Xbox arrived at the Walmart in question. The bad news is it arrived on the 18th and it is not yet available for pickup even now, even at this very hour. How? Doesn't make any sense. So... I put out this tweet, hey, at Walmart Canada, the Xbox Series X I ordered from y'all on launch day arrived at the store. I wanted it sent to on the 18th, but it's still not ready for pickup. How come? And lo and behold, ask for a brand to appear and it shall appear. Walmart said, hello, Alexander, please send us a direct message of your order number, full name, etc., etc." Sent him that information. They basically are like, hey, uh, you should just directly reach out to the store. So I directly reach out to the store and they said, yeah, we don't have your order information in our system yet. This was on Monday. So here's the thing. I'm thinking at this point that like my best option is to just go in person to the store and badger someone until they hand over the Xbox that they're denying from me. The problem is, is that if that does work and like I'm just there in person, I don't have someone with a car to help me take the Xbox home. 
I'm kind of in a bit of a weird situation, but I got to figure out something, guys. Walmart cannot like get off on doing this any longer. How how is Montreal in terms of a lockdown situation, or at least your your area? It's pretty bad ish. Pretty rough. Yeah, I, I, it's not like that much different from the Torontos. Yeah, I, I yeah. think honestly, getting this console is not as important as you staying in hell. So hopefully, you're able to figure yeah, it yeah, out yeah. digitally. Um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Both, he, he, here's yeah. the thing. Both you and I have been very busy playing a certain game by the name of Bug Snacks. I was actually which... going to say we might be able to pump that to next week and talk more about it when we've had more time with it. I'll play a little right. Bit, so if you're cool, well, you, you know what? Up. If you do want to punt it to next week, then actually I think that would be most optimal. But what I was going to say originally was that like because I've been playing so much Bug Snacks and other games, like it's not like I'm starved for consoles to play or things to do. It's not like there is a gap in my life that needs to be filled by this Xbox. So I can wait another week. I can wait another two weeks for this thing to arrive and I'm going to be okay. But I really wish I had it a week ago. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll save the bug snacks for next week because we have a lot to talk about. We're going to get into the news and then our topic of the show is going to be us collaborating on a list of the most anticipated titles for 2021. In the meantime, let's get into that there news. First off, yeah. we've got a couple of stories from James Batchelor over at GamesIndustry.biz, all about that sweet, sweet PlayStation 5. The PS5 is the biggest console launch in gaming history. Sony says demand is unprecedented, surpassing previous record setter, the PlayStation 4. Uh, back in 2013, PlayStation's then CEO Andrew House said the PS4 sold 2.1 million units in about two weeks. And this year, Sony has tweeted out that the PlayStation 5 has surpassed the initial sales of the PlayStation 4. Demand seems through the roof. People can't get these things in stock fast enough, and as soon as they do, they're selling out. It's crazy, but something else that may be driving that is that scalpers and bots are reportedly driving some of these PS5 shortages. Uh, also from James Batchelor, one UK-based group claims to have secured nearly 3,500 PlayStation 5s for resale. Mm. Yeah, you go and check out eBay, or here you could check out Kijiji or Craigslist. Or Kijiji. Marketplace. I love that name. are full of multiple listings of PlayStation 5s ranging anywhere from eight to $900 to well over $1,500. It sucks. It's terrible. Something needs to be done about it. What do we I think? I mean, I agree. I, I do think, though, that, like, well, obviously all the scalpers and bots are definitely contributing to PlayStation 5 shortages and it's selling really well. I do also think that it is just, you know, a lot of people sitting around. They, you know, had to cancel plans, like vacations and whatnot this year. They have a little bit of extra money and or they also, like, have become more indoctrinated into you know, the culture of games and now kind of look forward to getting consoles alongside everybody else who's been here since the beginning. I mean, what I hope kind of gets done about it is I just hope that the people who do not have one just wait and just hold out. Like, it's not worth, it's not worth paying the, you know, three, four, five, six hundred dollars more. Like, really and truly... The only way to make these people, uh, re like, the only way to punish these scalpers is to just not buy it from them, because then eventually the stock or the supply will be able to 
like reach the demand and then they're stuck with 3500 fucking playstations that they can't do anything with uh yeah i mean honestly i've talked in the past about launch day experiences and i i really do feel for parents this holiday season honestly who are trying to acquire in some fashion a playstation 5 or an xbox series console for their kids who really want them for the holidays that being said i i remember seeing it was either last week or the week before a really bad take from someone saying all these grown-ass men should not be buying these kids toys and instead let parents buy these kids toys for their kids for the holidays and i will say yeah. to that person that's on you for not being on the ball about when to buy a goddamn playstation 5 i enjoy this stuff i'm gonna buy the stuff i want thankfully yeah. we were all on the ball if you were a parent that either didn't have the time or the resources i i do feel for you but also fuck them kids yeah yeah no we should not say that on the internet where it is being recorded <laughs> and Papa Amazon is listening. So we do not mean what he just said. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, hopefully the, the supply does catch up to the demand for these systems. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like it will for the holiday season. Hmm. No one has anything else to add. We can move on to our next story. Let's do it. Uh, and this is what I'm going to call the Square Enix Minute because I actually have a last minute addition to this and cozy i will link that to you so you can pull it up oh uh, the first being that uh square enix is allowing its japanese primarily japanese based uh employees to work from home permanently this story again from gameindustry.biz uh care of marie de alessandri uh square enix has announced its intention to make remote working permanent for some of its staff as of december 1st by doing so, the Japanese company says it's hoping to create a flexible and diverse working environment, all while boosting productivity and improving the employee's work-life balance. This is really out of left field because historically Japanese developers have, or Japanese workplaces in general, have very much focused on an in-person office type environment. And the shift to remote working earlier this year for many Japanese uh, companies in our sphere, Japanese developers, did impact their ability to deliver on the products they were working on for fiscal year 2020. Guys, do we see Square Enix opting to have some of their employees move to a fully remote model uh, as a trend? Are we gonna see more companies embrace this who have typically shied away from the idea of remote working? I mean, I think I, that if Square Enix is doing this first before we hear about a lot of other companies, I think that, yeah, it's more than likely. I think this whole I've, event has shown to developers and just companies in general that like most things that you need to do can be done at home and that you don't need to have an office space like there's obviously some exce uh, some exceptions like you know mocap and things like that that are studio work. yeah like studio yeah. work but like you, you know, could just rent out your local youtube space for some of that stuff anyway if you yeah. really if needed exists, it so if yeah. it exists because i know the one in toronto yeah. closed a few years ago didn't it no, it was still open um, last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, but either way, yeah. I, think, I feel like this is just going to be a continuing trend that even when situation improves and, like, people can go back to work, I feel like it's going to now, the option is going to forever be on the table. Mm. My um, my dad uh, does, is a, a systems analyst for a company in California, and uh, he has started working from home this year um, almost exclusively. And he finds, despite not being paid more, he is more productive working from home 
So it's going to be on a case by case basis. Um, you know, I wouldn't suspect I, I would guess in terms of Japanese companies, um, Konami would probably be the last one to, to, to make this declaration. Um, and when they do, they would probably be the ones to force their employees to have their webcams on uh, at all times to make Damn. sure that they're working. Webcams on working from home is fine because they at least can't see that I'm wearing sweatpants 98% of the time I'm working and the other 2% of the time I haven't even gotten dressed for that day. So that's fine. They couldn't see if you're uh, wearing any pants. Mm-hmm. You could be too big. I try to at least wear pants from 9 to 5 when I'm working remotely. That's just, you know, etiquette. Yeah. Overall, though, I think the potential benefits of this are great. There's a tweet I saw going around talking about how, you know, every so often we hear these horror stories about somebody who uprooted their entire life to move from New York to San Diego to take some video game job. And then the video game company went under. There was just complete mismanagement and chaos. And then they're like, well, crap, what do I do now? Do I find another studio in the area to work for? Do I move back to the other side of the country, the other side of the world? And something like this will definitely alleviate that sort of anxiety going forward. Absolutely. A lot of these uh, people who are being not quite forced, but are being allured to say the Bay Area for work could now choose areas of their country or whatever their home country may be and still potentially be in the running for some of these jobs, which we're seeing across a number of industries. I know I've seen it specifically in software development, which is where I work. And yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. The second bit of news from our Square Enix segment is that they have confirmed that Marvel's Avengers missed its expectations, surprising nobody. Are Coming you okay, Mitch? Brendan St. Clair at, Saint, Wait, at Games Industry. did that surprise you? I am not okay. It did not surprise me, unfortunately, because we've seen what's happened to this game post-launch. Uh, Square Enix has confirmed that their HD games subsegment posted an operating loss as initial sales of Marvel's Avengers were lower than they had expected and unable to completely offset the uh, amateurization of the game's development cost. I, I will say uh, you got to take uh, Square Enix with a grain of salt when they say these sorts of things because uh, whether it be Hitman or uh, Tomb Raider or whatever, nothing outside of final fantasy seems to meet their expectations also true so uh, but we have Dragon seen the reports Quest did all of right. the pc uh, yeah player base dropping off like 98 percent since launch or something like that yeah so that doesn't help that includes uh, you well unfortunately it does i will be back in a couple of weeks for the kate bishop dlc i tells you what for a full day but square enix president yusuke matsuda has said that they hope to turn things around for the game and are looking to make up for initial slow sales of the title by offering ample additional content in the second half of the company's fiscal year, ending March 31st, 2021. Now, we know Kate Bishop and Hawkeye are coming. There is the rumors of Black Panther, and we know this Spider-Man deal exists on PlayStation. Do you guys think that content and the potential of the next-gen version launching sometime before March 31st could be enough to turn it around for Marvel's Avengers? I think it needs to go to Game Pass and or PS Plus for that to properly turn around. Have the base game be available in one of those fashions and maybe then you you get some turnaround on that. So I agree with that to a point, but did they talk about how the um like deal like the uh, uh, the DLCs selling, I guess it's just what the credits you can buy. 
I was going to say, all the DLC content, so story content characters, are free. So it is just the DLC of cosmetics and things like that. So um, I'm curious to see when how they well did come out and when, I mean, when they did come out and say they were looking at everything and reevaluating and all that jazz, they had a sale where cosmetics were 50% off. And in that sale, I bought like three cosmetics that I would not have bought otherwise because I felt like they were overpriced initially, but I'd earned enough in-game credit through the battle pass system to get those without paying any extra money. Um, and at that point, I felt there was value. They've reversed that. So the, they did not make that into a permanent price reduction, which I think was a huge miss. And I do hope that eventually when the game does come back around, I do agree it should go to Game Plus and it should go to PlayStation Plus. I don't think they can feasibly do that before the game launches on next gen. They need to have a large marketing push for that next gen version and hope that that pushes some sort of sales numbers. And then maybe June of next year when they have like a large relaunch maybe of like season two content, then you could potentially push it to one or both of those services. This is all speculation, but do you think there's a chance that they could drop Spider-Man with the PS5 version? I think that would be smart. Yeah. I think that'd be super smart. You're going to drive the majority of your player base to PlayStation regardless because that news did come out before the game launched on PS4. Um, I think dropping it in and around or having some sort of relaunch of the game centered around the next-gen versions would be really, really smart. Mm. Yeah, but do you think that there's just not enough time, though, to be able to refigure everything by the time that they need to get a next-gen version out? Theoretically, and they should have had the next-gen version. lies out. the crux of the yeah. problem. They should have had the next-gen version out by the time that next-gen came out, but here we well, are. Well, it was supposed to be, but it was delayed, and it was delayed for obvious reasons because they are struggling with that, uh, struggling with it, correct? I, uh, so. I think that there was a number of issues in terms of having to rework their roadmap, the passing of Chadwick Boseman, presumably having some impact on their content strategy moving forward. Mm. Um, and then, honestly, it's the bugs. The game did not come out in a finished state. They have spent the last three to four months primarily working on bug fixes, which will definitely take away from their ability to deliver on new content. What the game was missing at launch was a, a, a ton of additional endgame content. Can we agree so this should have been delayed? They, it was delayed, and I agree that it should have been delayed even further. Hmm. Like, they should have had season-like content in the can ready to come out, not still be working on it. It, it should have just been a next-gen experience, in my opinion. Yeah, I think uh, similarly to what we're seeing with Cyberpunk now, with that launching in a couple of weeks, only on current or past-gen, whatever you want to call it, Previous. and the next-gen version coming next year, um, these experiences coming out around the launch of the consoles, and we can definitely do a retrospective at some point on this, they are being held back by trying to cling to old technology. I... I you know, I decently enjoyed the campaign for that game for what it was, would it have at all made sense? I'm just like spitballing ideas here. If they had like just straight up launched the multiplayer portion of the game separately, like a little bit later. Maybe. But I still don't think $80 was enough to warrant the cost of entry for just that story. It, for uh, yeah. Me, spending what I did on that game was the promise of having the shared experience with my friends. So I don't know. I think then making yeah. the story content. I understand that, like, you also want the story in there so it can, like, Trojan horse you into the multiplayer suite as well. I, I think, honestly, thinking about it now, if they were able to separate those two experiences out in some way and launch just the story, 
on PS Plus and Game Pass, it would be a good backdoor into that ecosystem. But I digress. We should move on. Mm. Um, Melee's in trouble because there's no in-game tournaments this year. Uh, Nintendo has shut down a fan yeah. tournament, and fans have united under the free Melee hashtag in futility. Uh, this coming via Alex Donaldson at VG247. Uh, reset the clock because the Super Smash Brothers community and Nintendo are fighting yet again. The organizers of the Big House Tournament had planned on this year uh, for their remote tournament having to leverage a, a mod that is only runnable in an emulator to simulate rollback netcode for Super Smash Brothers Melee. Uh, given that Melee originally launched with no online multiplayer whatsoever, them doing so has put them in the middle of Nintendo's crosshairs, and Nintendo has essentially shut that shit down. Do you guys feel like this is Nintendo overreaching, or is it simply them protecting their game? It's a little of both, and it's not an easy situation um, to get around, because honestly, Nintendo, it's a, what, how long has that been out for? 17 years? Longer? At, At least. 2001. 2001. So, yeah, 19 years. 19 years. Um, the game's 19 years old. They're not... Because their big thing is it's, oh, it's about protecting the copyright and um, everything. The game's 19 years old. They're not selling new copies of this game. This isn't going to be about piracy at this point. Um, but they do... Well, it's not illegal to rip copies of games that you Here, own, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So... N Nintendo has b always been this kind of weird stickler in terms of emulation um, in that in their view, they just view emulation in general as yeah. illegal, yeah. despite the, the current understandings of the law and precedent and everything saying that, no, no, you it's not illegal to have backups of, of your own content that you've purchased and stuff like that, you know. If you, if you want to play something on a computer through an emulator, um, you know, you have to rip it from the cartridge or bur or copy it from the disc yourself and, and do that yourself, right? In, in the eyes of, at the very least, the U.S. law, copyright law, uh, in, in that respect. But Nintendo has always been more... Uh, hmm, I, don't, I don't know the, the term. They, they've just always more been more stickler. anal about it. Yeah, yeah. Anal, anal retentive about about this. The um, idea of emulation. Yeah. Yeah, the idea of emulation in general. My my so on on the one hand, it's a it's a 19 year old game. Nintendo's not making any money f from it, mm -hmm. and it's use it, but it is using their intellectual property and their characters and stuff like that. And it doesn't necessarily mean it because it's focused around an old game, one that isn't currently being sold. It, you know, it, it it's not going to generate them any new revenue because they have this fancy new Smash Brothers out on the market. That hey, why are you playing this old thing? Come play the new one that we can charge you eighty bucks for, and the the DLC passes for, and and all that. Um, so there, there, there are so many different ways that Nintendo's trying to get at it, but it just seems to be like the whole Nintendo versus YouTuber thing that happened uh, earlier this decade um, where they tried to uh, take a cut of uh, the monetization of uh, YouTubers' content, and that just ended up... They just ended up dropping that because it wasn't worth them enforcing it uh, even 
for for the little cut they would take of that. Um, but honestly, yeah. I just really wish that Nintendo like I get it that they are very much trying to protect their trademark. Why can't they just for this one instance be like we endorse this because there is literally no other option if this was just a tournament that trying to do it in normal circumstances and they wanted to do it online i could see nintendo having a case but the fact that with this particular circumstance people can't be in the same place they can't and melee is a really important game for the fighting community for the smash community and they were also going to have ultimate there as well like this wasn't just going to be melee it was going to be ultimate as well Mm -hmm. and so now it's just it continues to make nintendo look like the bad guy when i feel like there could be a very easy solution of being like they endorse this it's a special circumstance and i understand that that's a slippery slope when it comes to trademark or copyright law but i just feel like that there's there there has to be some middle ground here that nintendo needs to okay nintendo first and foremost needs to get off their ass and put all these classic games that everybody's clamoring for and wants to play out on their their current uh, system for five ten bucks so that people can play it and have some sort of uh, network capacity for it um, the another thing uh, uh, about this uh, specific issue this um, tournament issue is the the emulation software and the netcode that they were using was by all accounts vastly superior and more reliable than Nintendo's basic network connection yeah, so the reason I, mean, I highlighted yeah, that's not surprising. netcode specifically is that the fighting game community clamors for games to support this because it does lead to a better online gaming experience, which Nintendo, as far as I know, has never officially supported. Hire those people to put designs. it into your system. Come on, Nintendo. Do something like that instead of just shutting everybody down. I think there's probably more to this as well. It depends on if the organizers did go to Nintendo originally to have the conversation and were shut down versus them just doing it without any communication with nintendo i it's a slippery slope ultimately nintendo looks like the bad guy here we don't know all the details but yeah it's an unfortunate situation to be in especially in a year like 2020 where having tournaments like this like i've been watching a lot more not necessarily fighting game tournaments but a lot more pokemon vgc and and things of that nature and it's just nice to have these things to consume so come on nintendo stop being nintendo about it (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. All right. Finally, 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 we'll get to the last news item and uh, then we'll, sorry, cozy about that. But I think it's time to talk about the fact that our resident, uh, lovely Xbox head, Phil Spencer has said that console factionalism is one of the worst things about this industry. This coming courtesy of Megan, Megan F. I'm, I do not want to, um, no. Farrokhmanish. Get that wrong. Yeah. thank you uh of the verge um so in an interview earlier this week phil spencer did say that you know essentially console wars are bad for the industry in general everyone should just enjoy the games they enjoy don't try to put other people down for the games that they enjoy on the box that they tend to get it on let's all just be nicer to each other yeah you know i've not i'm not somebody in the past that participated a lot in the console wars i remember there was like one instance in high school where i was arguing about the wii versus the xbox 360 or something to that effect uh i just there is however one memory that sticks in my mind where uh 
this is like 2015, I was talking about the merits of the Vita on a Nintendo like Facebook group, not in like, a, oh man, the Vita is way better than the Wii U, but like, hey, you know, this is why the Vita is pretty cool. And I was mentioning, you know, there's Persona 4 Golden that you can play on it, which is this great RPG. And somebody responded like, well, why would you bother playing it there where you can just play it on your PlayStation 2? And I remember just being I mean, like, one, obviously, Persona 4 Golden has, like, a bunch of little features and functionalities that, you know, make it superior to the original PlayStation 2 version of that game. But, like, on a more fundamental level, I was just really turned off by the kind of intense tribalism of, like, no, you're not allowed to like things. No, my thing is better, and any attempt to try and argue why your thing is also great needs to be met with, no, this is why your thing is not as great as my thing. So... Yeah, I mean, I don't have much else to say here other than 100%, sir. Let's put an end to this tribalism. Yeah, you don't, Absolutely. Need, to justify, you don't need to justify your own purchase to other people. If you're happy with the thing that you bought, then that's all that matters. But I that's... love that people enjoy Xbox games. I love that people enjoy PC games. Those have not been markets I've really been in, but I can still appreciate those games, and I don't see why other people can't just be nicer to each other. I will never appreciate the stick layout on the PlayStation controller. Thank you yeah. for coming to my TED Talk. And also, fuck to Google Totally Stadia. fair, but this is still the most Anybody comfortable put, controller ever created. Anybody who uh, plays Google Stadia is a <laughs> war criminal. Have you, What's an Avenger? Have you tried the let's controller, AJ, yet? No, not yet. Okay, I wasn't sure if you got your hands on one or not. I just, when the yeah. world gets back to normal, you are welcome <laughs> at my apartment anytime that you're willing to wear a mask. And I'll gi- I will give you a dual sense. Oh, baby. Don't, Ooh, don't make promises you can't Did keep. you guys see the okay. girlfriend reviews for the PS5 Xbox? Not yet. Did not yet. No, there's Very a great line about um, the DualSense vibrator. <laughs> uh, I'm into it. Up Persona 4 Golden, and I think that's a great segue into this week's deals of the show. What do we call this again? The it's deals Wayne of deals, the week. The one. It's, it's Wayne. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, so speaking of Persona 4 Golden, it is on sale right now as part of the Steam Autumn Sale that I didn't realize was happening. It and then I checked started. my email and saw that a ton of stuff that I want on my wish list is on sale, including a Pokemon clone, Divinity Original Sin 2, and the original Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. And all three of those have just been purchased. Uh, I was just going to say, I feel like you don't even have to say Steam Autumn Sale. Just say, hey, Steam's having a sale. Hey, Steam exists. <laughs> yeah. It's nice That's having fair. a PC that can do these things. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I looked at the deal for the, had, Persona, oh, but I looked at the deal for Persona, but it's still like 19 bucks. It's only like 10 or 20%. I was hoping to see more. It's still a steal for a game of that quality. Yeah, but I have it on Vita. I'll get it at half price mm. when it comes goes half price. That's understandable. I'm looking at the front page right now. I just want to quickly highlight a couple of games that I think are really worth getting. Uh, Death Stranding, is 40 bucks. If you're even on the fence about it, I feel like that's a nice price that, like, you know, again, it's a game if you, if you like it, you're really going to like it. If not, it's not the most... Like, maybe if you're very on the fence about it, wait, but I feel like that's a very good price to, to jump in on it. Uh, Star Wars Squadrons is 32 bucks, which is, you know, 40% off, and that game came out in October. That's pretty good. I think that's on sale everywhere for that price right now as well. Yeah. And there's, I mean, just get, get Squadrons just in general. There's next-gen improvements coming now, too. They just announced 4K 120 uh, FPS, I, I believe. They did, and I was reading through that press release. The only enhancement the PlayStation is getting is, like, lighting. Oh, really? All of the 4K 120 FPS is only coming to the Series X. 
and uh, 1440 60 coming to the Series S. Um, this probably due largely to the issues around backwards compatibility that we've been seeing mm. from a number of titles who have had good patches on the Xbox and meh patches on the PlayStation 5. Oh, I could tell you a bunch of backwards compatibility bullshit about the PlayStation. It's really kind of weird oh, how they, we'll, they we'll, decided we'll to We'll get do into it. it at some point. I think we'll do yeah. a rehab on, on that kind of thing at yes. some point. Yes. Um, Finally, the highlight Sekiro. for me of that Steam sale, everyone, Divinity, everyone Original Sin 2. Yeah, Divinity is a game I've had my eye on because I've been super into D&D. Um, so I'm very excited to hop into that because um, that studio then went on to make Baldur's Gate 3, which I'm waiting to actually release before picking it it's up. It's good. I have it. Also in this week's It's Raining Deals, the December PlayStation Plus games have been announced. You're getting Worms Rumble, Just Cause 4, and the heavily, heavily, repeatedly discounted Rocket Arena from EA that I keep forgetting came Wasn't out. Wasn't it free at one point already? <laughs> Maybe it was just PC. Not on... I think it was free on Origin. I don't think it was free on PS Plus. Okay. I just thought they might have been free for people to get, but you're right. It could have been an origin thing. And do remember that Bug Snacks on the PlayStation 5 will continue to be a PlayStation Plus title through the beginning of January 2021. January 6th, I believe, but don't quote me on that. So I didn't expect us to get a PS5 game for that reason this month. Um, yeah, no, neither did I. I think we've talked about this. I expected a PlayStation Plus collection title, but this works too. Yeah. Worms, I just want to say, is one of those games that I have very vivid memories of going over to my cousin's houses and playing it on their PCs. And I remember it being this thing where, you know, those games have like rocket launchers and guns and all these sort of gnarly-ish weapons represented in very cartoon fashion. But as a, you know, young and impressionable 11-year-old, I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool. And we would always play it behind our parents' backs. So I thought, oh, man, this is the most mature game ever. We're hiding it from our parents. This is great. I don't actually know if those games are any good, but who knows? I might actually try this one out. I I am excited to see if Just Cause 4 runs any better on the PS5 than the PS4, because it had uh, performance issues, I think, as things got kind of crazy in that I game. Believe it's, I, I believe it's at a stable 30 frames on... Uh, from At least from the Digital Foundry videos that I've watched, it's on both the Series X and uh, PlayStation 5. It runs at... 1080 30 frames because it's got the one of the weird things about uh all the games that are backwards compatible on both machines is it's dependent on what uh frame rate locks are were in the playstation 4 or xbox one versions so actually yeah. a lot of series x version or a lot of xbox one backwards compatibility only runs at 900p because a lot of huh. xbox one games before the xbox one x came out were locked at 900 and so just a little fun fact, but I believe Just Cause hmm. is one of those games that was notoriously bad on PS4 and Xbox One and is, like, stable and, like, does not break the frame rate cap that it's at. So, Interesting. Cool. Uh, over on the Indeed. Xbox side of the fence, Games with Gold for December have been announced. The two Xbox One titles are lesser known. First off is The Raven Remastered, which is available all month long, which is a 2018 remaster of a point-and-click detective adventure game originally released in 2013. Oh, I have a friend that great. would be very excited about that because he's addicted to those point-and-click adventures. The best. And then from December 16th to January 15th, the free game will be Bleed 2, which is a side-scrolling arcade action title. The Xbox 360 games coming to the service um, for the first half of the month, it will be Saints Row Gat Out of Hell, the standalone Saints Row 4 expansion that debuted in January 2015. And for the second half of the month, the 
I'm going to say star of these four games, and people will fight me about that, is Stacking, which is a 2011 puzzle adventure game from Double Fine Productions, which is really great. It features nesting dolls. It's really cute, really, really fun. Uh, definitely check that out if you are a Games with Gold aficionado. Yeehaw. Cool. Okay. With that, we will move on to this week's topic of the show, which will be Player's Choice. We're returning to a segment we have not done in quite some time because we didn't feel like being super combative tonight. We felt like collaborating. So we are going to work together to collaborate on a list of, let's say, the top 10 uh, most anticipated 2021 video game releases. Uh, how this will work, we'll go around the table. Each person can bring one, and then we'll sort of put together... Or I guess there's yeah five of us, so we'll each bring two, and then we'll sort of just put that list together towards the end of the show. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Sounds cool. Good. Uh, if it sounds good to you, Nathan, why don't you start? What's the first title that you are anticipating for 2021? Um, so I was gonna joke and say Cyberpunk because <laughs> I just feel like that's what I mean. We the next gen do. version is coming next year. Um, it's true. The next gen version is coming next year, but I, it it is technically on this list. I am gonna put my actual most anticipated game uh one of my most anticipated games because it got it has been booted from this year uh to q1 next year axiom verge 2 i figured that's where you were going okay and what about axiom verge really i know we've talked a lot about um how you were one of the first people in the world to get the platinum how you reviewed it or back in the day the first one and did so without guides and everything what is it about this title that has you really looking forward to it. I just want more of that experience. Like, I don't know if I'll be able to ever re-emulate that experience again. Who knows if I get an early code or not. But the way Axiom Verge had secrets hidden and the way it did a Metroidvania, I love Metroidvanias. It was the perfect homage to Metroid, and it's the Metroid that Nintendo still continues uh, to refuse to make. So I just need more <laughs> of that in my life. That's totally fair. Okay. So that'll be in there. Uh, AJ, what is a game that you are looking forward to coming our way in 2021? I have to steal this one from Alex because it's probably my most anticipated game of next year. <laughs> if it comes out hey, next year? If it comes out next year, if they finish it. Halo Infinite. Um, yeah, it, you know, it. we've talked Halo to death on this podcast, but like Alex, you know, it, Halo holds a very special place in my heart. Um, I, I just really hope that in a year's time they're able to put the game into a good place to where it it looks uh, better than it did, um, and I hope we get to see uh, the the brute face uh, in Craig. all of its Craig's face in all of its um, uh, ray traced glory. Uh, you kidding me? Fairly soon. I can't wait to see what this face looks like in 4K. I think it's going to be oh, yeah. mind-shattering. There was a great tweet I saw the other day. Uh, it was a meme about Halo and Craig. And I'm going to see if I can find it. But in the meantime, I'm going to say, Alex, what's a game that you're looking forward to in 2021? So there's a bunch of games that are kind of like, are they going to come out in 2021? They have the 2021 release date, but like we're not really sure... Um, ones that we've seen title cards for and that's it um which you know are fun to speculate about but i'm going to choose one that i know for sure is going to come out in 2021 that i'm actually really really looking forward to and that's death loop i really am just i love arcane so much like i think dishonored 
uh, and Dishonored 2 are fantastic. Uh, I need to play more Prey, but the little bit that I did play of Prey I really enjoyed. And just the idea of a pulpy 70s action uh, with a Groundhog Day uh, with a Groundhog Day spin on the story, and you're playing as two assassins. Like it just, there's so much area for super stylized fun, and also the fact that it's a PlayStation 5 exclusive, or at least PlayStation 5 console exclusive, means that the Dual Sense is probably going to be very wonderful with that with that game and because of that and just you know the little bit that we've seen of it already i'm really excited about Deathloop. they've already talked about yeah, having like using the triggers being different in like one of the triggers getting locked up if your gun jams and that sort of thing so yeah there's gonna be a ton of cool stuff i was just sense. gonna mention that yeah oh that sounds awesome i can't wait to experience that all right cozy uh, what is something that you are looking forward to in 2021? Is it what we were talking about earlier, perhaps? Yes, it is. So uh, I need to preface this by saying that we don't necessarily know that this is coming in 2021. Actually, what originally inspired this topic of a show is that I read what I thought was a potential leak about this game, but then it turns out that the leak in question was not very credible or even a leak at all. Uh, but I still want to talk about it, and it's the hypothetical remakes of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Um, while there isn't a lot of credible information out there yet to really suggest that these games are coming, it's assumed that sooner or later the Pokemon company is going to put these babies out. And I feel like where we're at right now, we're kind of in a good place where we've had two, well, one like kind of original uh, Pokemon title on the Switch that isn't a kind of remake of a prior generation. We also had, of course, Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu, which was kind of a pseudo remake of Pokemon Yellow. But the point is we're well established and I think that the time is right for them to debut these remakes if they are indeed coming. Um, I'm really looking forward to them if they hypothetically exist because I feel like if you look at the design of all of the various generations of Pokemon games, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl kind of sit in stark contrast to Sword and Shield, where Pokemon Diamond and Pearl are definitely some of the slowest and most grueling entries in the series. Everything from the animations of all the various characters in the game, the speed at which battles move, how fast you save the game, how fast you surf on water, is really, really slow. When you start up the game, there are a mountain of tutorials that you have to jam the A button through, and it just takes a really, really long time to get going. But the game, I think, picks up a decent amount of steam the further it goes along. I think that it has a very, very satisfying conclusion. And I think that the end game stuff in Diamond Pearl and also Platinum is really, really great. For those of you who don't know, they basically introduce an entire kind of continent for you to explore that contains a Battle Frontier facility for you to really test your metal at. And for that reason, uh, I think that despite the game's faults, I think that they're is a lot to be excited uh, about going back to them. Um, you look at something like Pokemon Sword and Shield by comparison, 
the Pokemon Sword and Shield games, I think, start out incredibly strong. There are a ton of kind of quality of life improvements uh, in those games that are readily apparent right at the beginning. They move better smooth through. They ask you, hey, do you not want to take care of this tutorial? They're like, you're like, yeah, I don't want to bother with this tutorial. I know how to play Pokemon. Okay, cool. We're going to put you on a bus and you're going to arrive at the wild zone in like under an hour. Oh, wow. Holy shit. I'm at the wild zone right away. This is amazing. I, But... The further that uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield go on, I felt the worse that they got. I feel like a lot of the kind of early seeds that they planted uh, from a narrative perspective in terms of their stories, I think, didn't really bear as healthy fruit as they could have. And I don't think I'm alone in saying that the post-game content for both those games were... it, It was pretty paltry. So... If a hypothetical Diamond and Pearl remake could take all the kind of quality of life speediness of Pokemon Sword and Shield and combine it with the kind of like quality late game and post game content of Diamond and Pearl, I think we could have something really, really superb on our hands. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Cozy talking for over five minutes without breaking about potential rumors of a Pokemon remake coming next year. This isn't even rumors. This is me just, like, speculating based on what we've gotten over the past couple of years. Uh, Cozy Let's Go style or Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire style? What do you think? I I mean, I I think that, like, there's not a universe where it's not an Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire style. Uh, Like, I I just don't... Wild style. I I think that if they are going to do a like another let's go style game they're probably just going to go with heart gold and soul silver because you know i think part of the appeal of the let's go games is the nostalgia of oh man you know it's been quite a few decades since i last explored the kanto region since i last explored the johto region the diamond and pearl games fall into this weird category where you know many people have nostalgia for them but they don't have nostalgia with a capital n for them the way that they do with red blue gold silver crystal etc yeah, I I love how uh, how enthusiastic you are about this, Cozy. I am in the same boat of give me more Pokemon, give it to me yesterday. But since you took that, I think the game that I'm gonna bring here, I don't know if I want to go, I don't know if I want to play it safe or go with my heart. Um, so I think I'm gonna go with both and say that Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is one of the games that I cannot, and I repeat, cannot wait to experience on the PlayStation Five. Every game that they've put out, even the ones on the PS2 that people might not have really jived with, I was all about. Yeah. Ratchet, what was it? Ratchet Deadlocked? Oh, man. I was all about that. So you give me a new Ratchet & Clank that's going to have the same zany weapon design as the older games, even something like Sunset Overdrive that we talked about, also from Insomniac Studios. You're going to pair it with how advanced feeling both the DualSense are, as well as taking advantage of the PS5's SSD. That is going to be a no-brain game of the year contender in my books for next year. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I'm super excited about Ratchet and Clank. It's really going to be that first game to show off what the PS5 can do in terms of load times while you're playing. Um, and the first example of why wow, you couldn't do this on previous gen. So yeah, no, this is going to I'm be with awesome. you there 100%. I do also want to say, you know, when they first showed off this game, part of me was slightly concerned of like, oh man, if this is a launch game, part of me fears that it might be very tech demo-y of like, hey, this game is meant to show off how fast the SSD of the PlayStation 5 is, 
and it's not meant to be like this big media experience. So the fact that we're not getting it at launch, the fact that we're still going to have to wait a little bit longer for it makes me feel confident that this is probably going to be a really substantial experience. I'm expecting eight hours probably for it and then several run throughs to get a platinum would be my guess. Maybe not several. Uh, I'd say maybe a couple of run throughs to get the platinum. I think a 30 hour platinum isn't out of the realm of possibility here. <laughs> if it's say a 10 hour experience, I think it'll be closer to Spider-Man than it will be to Miles, but it, I'm just, will they have, I'm so will they have a trophy I cannot wait. Disco ball where we have to make every creature dance. I hope so, because that was so much fun, wasn't it? Uh, on my fourth run through? Nathan, what's your yeah, Nathan? What's your next game. title for 2021? Sorry? Who'd you? Yeah, who'd you Nathan, call? what's your next oh, game? Oh, my next game. Um, I'm going to yes. talk about another delayed indie that I was super sad to see delayed. Um, one of my favorite games on the Switch that is still on the Switch only, um, Sports Story. So, Sports Story is the sequel to Golf Story, which um, I loved, and one of the reasons I got a Switch, because it did not come to any other platforms, and it is just so good. It's Pokemon meets golfing, in like all the best ways, with a fun story, RPG elements, um, actual good golf mechanics um, in it, and you do other things besides golfing. There's Frisbee golf, and um, drone flying and a few other things um but the story was funny it just it never took itself seriously it had really funny creative uh worlds and i can't wait to see what the sequel to that is i was so excited for it this year and was sad to see it pushed to next year yeah i think that's kind of a game where if they need more time to really polish it up i'm not going to complain about yep. it no i agree with that anyone else have thoughts on sports story should we continue keep going yeah. All right, AJ, keep us going then. What's your uh, what's your second title for 2021? All right, uh, Cozy, I'm putting a link into the uh, chat uh, so Ooh. that you can uh, post this. Here we go. Um, Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I had forgotten about this until I read it in the list, and I was just like, oh my god! I, I, th this is like one some one of those like indie games that that just sort of speaks to me. And it's called Skatebird. Oh, Skatebird. It's yes. basically you play as a bird riding on a tech deck. Uh, little finger skateboard and uh, you do tricks and stuff. Um, there, did you play the demo of this when it was in that Steam demo event? I did thing not. I really I wish not. I had a PC at the time and, and had done so because this is another one that I think looks really dope. Yeah. The, yeah, there's uh, something special about a, an indie game like this that takes uh, two, two things and kind of smacks them together in, in such a way that that uh just sort of works in, oddly enough um yeah uh, skatebird looks great and i think i i think i'm kind of anticipating it quite a bit at this point now that now that i've remembered about is it is it gonna be more tony hawk do we have a release skate? date for that do you think uh i hmm I feel like it's yeah. arcadey, so I feel like it would be more Tony That's Hawk. That's kind of what I'm Yeah, it's probably more Tony Hawk. Yeah. Like, I don't think you're going to actually be trying to get, like, the minutia of, like, being a bird on a skateboard. Like, I feel like it's going to be way more arcadey. Mm. It has to be, yeah. It, it, like, you looking at it, its biggest inspiration does appear to be the Tony Hawk franchise, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that it comes out and is everything you anticipate of it, Mr. Fraser. 
That's me. Cozy. Bring it. Are you going to steal another one of mine? I hope you are, because I have two I want to put on the list, and only one of them is going to go. So. so here's the problem. I didn't really prepare any other games to bring up aside from the Diamond and Pearl remakes. I mean, I will say this. I am looking forward to checking out Apex Legends when it comes to Nintendo Switch. Uh, I'm also looking forward to the SKUs of Apex Legends on the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X when those are available. (laughs) I cannot be the Pokemon in Apex show, Cozy. Give us a game. All right, Mitch. You want me to take one of yours? Let's talk about God of War Ragnarok. That wasn't it, but I'm glad. Oh, really? All right. Okay. I mean, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot else to say about this other than that, you know. I enjoyed God of War 2018 quite a bit, and I'm really interested in seeing where they go with Ragnarok. I um, I am going to I am going to interject there, Cozy. We do not have a confirmed title, so I'm calling it the Untitled God of War. Scene. Isn't it God of War Ragnarok? Or I guess it the, just said Ragnarok. The trailer said Ragnarok is coming. It did not give us a title. It better yeah, be right. God of War Ragnarok, but Wikipedia calls it the Untitled God of War sequel. And it's who doesn't trust be, Wikipedia? Can somebody, it's actually going to be God of War Valhalla. Can somebody call a lamp here? As long as it opens with the immigrant song, I'll be happy. Yeah, she might know. Hmm. Anyways, yeah, I'm interested in this game. I I know that previously we bristled at the idea of getting into God of War spoilers, but can I just do a little bit of spoilers? Oh, I gotta take my hat. Put put up the spoiler. Alright, the spoiler. I'm gonna drop my hat. Put it up. Spoilers. We are spoilers now for the next. Okay, well, like thirty seconds. We'll do a we'll do a thumbs up, Nathan. When sure. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're paying attention to the thing, you can also see. Yeah. Um. So you know, in God of War 2018, they allude to the fact that there's going to be some timey wimey shenanigans going on uh, involving the World Serpent, and I'm thinking in my head like, God of War Ragnarok or whatever it's going to be called, has to have more time manipulation time travel stuff going on in it than just the world serpent traveling through time like i think that this game has the potential to go really freaking crazy when it comes to time travel and if i'm right on the money there oh boy this is going to be a great time all right all clear I mean, we can set well wait wait wait, wait. Oh, we oh, can just oh. Oh, okay. that was 30 never, seconds never mind. i he's, think he's, we're gonna save yeah, it for okay. another never mind I'll, for another I'll, episode, I'll retract Alex. my point Oh, I'm sorry about that, Alex. I just, I, I, I felt, I felt bad for Nathan. I didn't want him to constantly be doing that hand exercise for too long. Alex, no worries. I've got Nathan's used to the hand exercises. Oh, yeah. Wait a second. All right, I do have, to, I do have to apologize for cutting you off, Alex. I need you to give me your next title. Okay. Also, well, I'm I gonna, I'm one? gonna. I feel like I'm. Oh, AJ, what was yours? Sorry, I missed it on the skate, list. Skate, skate bird. bird. Skate bird. Thank you. Like, why don't my numbers add up? There we go. I, I'm going to choose a game that actually is going to come out in 2021 because God of War, untitled God of War sequel is definitely not. Um, even though they say that it is, it's definitely Avengers. not. Um, no, actually, I'm going to choose. It's a little known game. You guys might not have heard of it. Uh, Grand Theft Auto V. That's no. Coming to- <laughs> no, for, uh, for real, I'm choosing the medium. I think the medium, right. uh, the medium, which I originally thought was a Series X launch title. Uh, apparently it wasn't. Uh, looks to be doing what Ratchet and Clank is going to be doing, but in a sort of more horror psychological uh, way, which I'm really excited about. Um, my favorite level in Titanfall 2 is effect and cause, and that does the things of switching back and forth between this like the different like timelines. And in this case, it seems like it's switching back and forth from different like 
realities like it, you're going into like a hellscape versus like kind of a more normal and you have to go between them and one has problems that the other one doesn't have and you have to like balance going between them and i'm just really intrigued by this so, so go ahead no, so i did a google search image search for the medium and to my su surprise somewhere in the back of my brain uh I, I see a picture here of NBC's Medium, the TV show, and the main character there has uh, strikingly similar hair to uh, the game character. So do we think this might actually tie in somehow to NBC's no. Medium? I hope not, not sponsored. That's actually the twist. That's the twist? Yeah. I like it. I what like it twist. twisty. But for real, so, uh, this... Oh, go ahead. I will say that Bloober Team, the team behind the medium, I actually played there. Um, a title of theirs from 2016-ish that was remade for the play launch of the PlayStation 5 called Observer. And this mm. is another like detective noir psychological thriller with like cyberpunky themes oh. and is really friggin' spooky. Um, so if you're into spooky, this team does spooky because they're also the team behind. I think it was Layers of Fear. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of yeah, a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, like it was almost like Control meets a cyberpunk noir thriller. It was Ooh, that really, really, cool. really creepy for me. Not my kind of game, but yeah, mm -hmm. I can see if you're into those kind of vibes that the medium is going to pick up. Yeah, that same kind of vibe. This is one of the only games that's coming to the Series X that genuinely feels like it's going to be next gen. Because even something like Halo Infinite, with the fact that that will be coming to the Xbox One, means that in some way it's going to be held back even just a little bit, where this is a PC and Series XS exclusive. And so I'm really hoping that that means they are going to take advantage of that SSD and the switching between the different realities or whatever is actually happening in that game, because I'm trying to avoid watching anything more than I've already seen. I really hope that they really take full advantage of it and really do things that just couldn't be possible on an Xbox One. And it's also coming Fair. out in January, too, which is very cool. Very exciting. Yeah, I think it's probably, of every game on this list, it's the one I think we're getting the most... Like, that is the most... Uh, Confirmed. Yeah, the, it's the one that we're going to get the most... Like, the quickest. I can't speak right now because all I'm doing in my head is going back and forth on the two titles I want to put on this list. Apex Legends, PlayStation 5, Apex Legends, Xbox Series X. Is it PlayStation 1? No, actually, they're both... No, they're both titles from <laughs> one uh, WB Interactive. Oh, um, Suicide The first Squad. one I will give an honorable Animaniacs. mention to. I will give an honorable mention to Gotham Knights, uh, mm. as we have gotten a number of great Batman games over the years, and it'll be interesting to see a take on the Arkham universe that does not include the Dark Knight himself. The game I'm most anticipating for 2021 is actually a little title called Hogwarts Legacy. This being the long, long, long rumored Harry Potter or RPG in the Harry Potter universe that is going to come to next gen next year. And we have been so starved for a good Harry Potter game, notwithstanding the fact that, you know, J.K. Rowling is a bigot and that's Fuck not JK good Rowling. and that yep. um i am still as someone who grew up on harry potter very excited to explore more of this world especially with the power of next gen so that's the the last game that i want to add to this little top 10 that we're putting together yeehaw 
Anyone else looking forward to Hogwarts, or is it just me? Yeah, as somebody who um, only recently finally wa- uh, watched uh, the movies after so many years of uh, completely avoiding it um, and not having a good reason t- uh, to watch it on my own, um, yeah, I'm I'm actually kind of excited to see where it goes. I, I definitely have a an open mind about it. I'll say that much. I, I think I'm going to want to wait a little bit more for the previews for this game. But Hog, Hogwarts and the world of Harry Potter is a universe that I used to have a really strong connection to. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, I just want to also, before we get to ranking our list, I want to shout out some of the picks that were thrown at us from the Twitch chat. If you have any picks of your own that you'd like to have discussed uh, on the show, we can come back to them next week, and if you want to tweet those at us at Press YYZ, or find any of us on any of the media we're on and just let us know, we'll bring those up. Uh, Bryn Var, our mainstay of our chat, is really looking forward to Hitman 3 and yes. Horizon Forbidden West. Um, we need more skateboarding games. Uh, Skate 4 is brought up. Not we don't know when that's coming, year. but that should be amazing. That's Pixis in the chat. Um, what else we got? Uh, Call of Fortune Faded. Uh, really wants Factions Part 2 in The Last of Us, which I think would be phenomenal. Uh, yeah, so lots of really fun stuff coming our way next year, and it's all going to be great. But ultimately, we have to figure out in like the next five to ten minutes where these games are going on this list. So, um, I... God, someone stop changing the names of the goddamn games. <laughs> Not Why, everything tell, is about You can't Earth. tell what Girth Loop is? No. For the record, I have not even... You guys can see what's currently on my monitor. I have not even had that document open, so you know it's not me this time. I know it's not you. I know story. who it is. And for that reason, I think we have to put Halo Infinite number 10. I didn't it? touch shit, mister. <laughs> Literally what? Yeah. Like, I don't know. No, okay. Where, where are we? So, I know, Cozy, you and I are very much looking forward to Pokemon, whatever Pokemon is next year. Not knowing what it is, I'm okay to put that a little lower on the list. Yeah, I'm fine with that as well. Um, does anyone have anything they would want? I mean, sort of like where I'm at is like, I don't want like. Here's the here. I think Ratchet and Clank and Halo Infinite need to be one and two. We can figure out where they land, but I think those are the two games out of like the five of us that we're all kind of to yeah, at least some extent yeah. looking forward to that. I feel like are the most. At least the biggest games that we know are coming next year, mm-hmm. or at least that we assume are coming. Yeah, I'm gonna put both of those in there for now, in yeah. both in the one and two spot, and then we can just figure it out from there. Okay. I think that's a good call. Yeah. Okay, so we've got the one and two spot kind of figured out, and I would agree with you there. I would want to put God of War up there as well because we all know what kind of experience that's going to be. Uh, mm-hmm. At the same time, we don't know for certain that it's going to come next year, which kind of hurts it a little bit in my books. Yeah. But I'd still be okay with seeing it at 3, 4? I don't know. How do you guys feel? Uh, mm. I, I mean, what would what would we want to put above God of War? Let's ask that question. I mean, like, in reality, like, God of War is one of the most anticipated games for me, but just because of I really do not think it's coming out next year. And because of that, I really can't be excited about it until I like know for certain when it's going to come out. So I'm I'm willing to compromise and put like either the medium or death loop before God of War. Yeah, I feel like the ones that we know for sure are coming just kind of should be above the ones that are like 
let's hope, like, I feel like the Pokemon, Pokemon, uh, Untitled God of War sequel are, like, the two that should probably be, for as much, for as much as I'm excited about God of War, I think it should be at the bottom of the list. I think Pokemon should be at the bottom of the list. I don't think bottom of the list. I, I would agree with Pokemon, because that is very much a heavy rumor at this point, and not really yeah. at least we know god of war is coming we don't know when or what it is but it's coming we don't know if that's so i'm the okay next with pokemon, pokemon whatever that's a complete guess so yeah yeah i mean there are there i am personally i'm more excited for that than almost everything on the list but we don't stop it cozy <laughs> i saw that one <laughs> i thought i could get <laughs> one under list. you while you were talking i guess i couldn't no, I'm, I'm i'm watching now like a hawk um i'm 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 okay putting Pokemon at the bottom, even though I'm anticipating it more than other games on this list. <sighs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, I think mm. right in above that like... is maybe like Skateburb. For me, I don't know how you guys feel. Uh, well, yeah, it, it's it's a smaller game. It's it's you know not necessarily um the the most well known game because like even I forgot about it at one point so. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with it being down there. Can we stop with the girth, please? I'm trying to get <laughs> us through the show in a timely manner. Okay, so our, our, so we're all good. Skatebird at number nine. Girth always gets in the way. It really does. Tell me about it. Um, <laughs> sometimes you can't fit it in. <laughs> okay, um, it, we haven't talked really about. Uh, where we feel something like Sports Story or Axiom Verge or uh, Hogwarts would land on this list. Do we think they're more like middle of the pack or is there, do, does anyone have any strong feelings to push something up the list? I feel like we don't have enough information about Hogwarts other than it's a game that's going to take place in the Harry Potter universe. That's kind of literally all we know well, about. And there's it, no, the, well, there's no year on it at this point either, right? We just saw it. In, no, yeah. there is. Are they, the FAQ on the WB website does say. Oh, does it? Okay. Okay. I don't remember that. Yeah. So I don't know if it was in the trailer, but I'm just going based on what I found on their okay. website. Um, again, this is another one like God of War that I will anticipate slipping out of 2021, just because it's very uh, what, what it, it, it it's very uh, what's the word? There's I'm just so for? little information about it. Ephemeral. No, uh, that no, it's very um, port key. Goddamn, I can't think of the word. Dragon. No, like Malfoy. Ambitious. That's what I was looking for. Ambitious. Yeah. Uh, AJ, change that back. God damn it! Stop messing with the doc. Um, at the same time, I, yeah, I'd like to see it higher, but I, I understand it falling a little, little lower just because we don't know enough about it. Me personally, I would still be looking forward to it more than some other titles on the list, but. Does anyone else feel strongly that way, or is it just me? If it's just me, I'll concede to it being lower. Just you. I yeah. I would put I'm, I would put Hogwarts at like number seven. Yeah, so seven yeah. seems like yeah. Good. Put it there for now. Okay, I'm good with that there. And then I was thinking, like in terms of just looking at this list, uh, like I don't know, like it's it's hard. That's what she said. Me too. Hmm. It is. It is what she said. In fact. I'm still. I still think God of War is more anticipated than that, at least. So it's not going to fall at number eight. So um, I, th I think Axiom Verge two is. I'm. I'm less excited for Axiom Verge two than I am Hogwarts Legacy. Are you less excited for that or for Sports Story? 
then I think we, maybe we need to move Hogwarts Legacy up one and put I those two would, below that's it. That's how I was yeah. feeling personally. I, that, I don't know I how that. Nathan feels about like, that. Like, look, I, Axiom Verge 2 and Sports Arena couldn't be everybody's cup of teas. I guarantee you when they come out, they'll make a splash. But I get you guys not being excited yeah. for them. So okay. It's also easier to be anticipated for big AAA yeah, games 100%, than, than smaller games indie games. Mm -hmm. Nathan, but between the two of those, which are you looking forward to Axiom more? Verge. Okay, that's going to go with seven, and Sports Story will go I just wanted them on the list. How about that? So, they deserve a spot there. They're both going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. So, we've got three more games to put into the list. Halo Infinite, Deathloop, and the God of War sequel. Well, Halo oh, no, we have a Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite is kind of in there. We got the medium and the God of War I'm sequel. Yeah, I'm almost, like... I could see Halo at number two. I could see Halo at number five for me personally. Can we like, put Halo at number three and put Deathloop at number two? Uh, no. I would. I, I would I, say Deathloop I, three. I think Deathloop okay. three. Agree. Yeah. Uh, man, God of War can't, can't catch God a break. I think above the medium. Sure. Yeah. Sure. The medium to me does feel like a middle of the pack title. Yeah, I agree with that. That's fair. Yeah. The medium it seems like a coming out party for this studio that, you know, has made good games in the past, but like this is going to be like their real big kind of test of how good of a developer they are. Whereas we already know Sony Santa Monica can make excellent games from the first God of War 2018. So well, that was a lot easier than I expected it to be, to be perfectly honest. I think we have our list, our Press YYZ official list, the player's choice picks for games releasing hopefully in 2021 at number 10 we have the gen 4 the rumored gen 4 remakes of pokemon number nine you have skatebird and number eight sports story number seven you have axiom verge 2 at number six you have hogwarts legacy number five we have the medium at number four the untitled god of war sequel number three is Deathloop. number two is halo infinite and at number one our most anticipated 2021 title is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. How do you guys feel? Is 2021 is looking stacked? It's a good. It's a good list. I, I do. This think... is only what we know. Yeah. This is, yeah. There's so much more that probably is going to get unveiled. I mean, we literally there's no yeah, Nintendo say, games on this we, list because there isn't any yeah. Nintendo games announced for next year besides. Because there's going to be there a is, Super Switch next Breath year. The there, there is the Pokemon Snap. Pokemon, the the Pokemon Snap sequel is coming next oh, year. There is oh, that. Yeah. Pokemon Snap. Yeah, that'll be fun. Is it confirmed yeah, for I next think it year? Is. I mean, even if it's not confirmed for next year, that game doesn't look so like high intensity that like it, it they're like just grinding away and like we don't know when it's going to be ready. It might be ready in 2022. Yeah. Like it, it it's probably going to come next year. Now, Bandai Namco we, has also been good about getting these titles out in a timely manner when they've worked closely with Nintendo. We also know the the two biggest games that we know Nintendo is at least working on right now is Metroid Prime 4 and the Breath of the Wild sequel. Yeah. Which of those do we think is coming first? Breath of the Wild sequel. Is one Breath of the, of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. They restarted <laughs> Metroid 4, so it's not anytime soon. That's fair, yeah. If Breath of the Wild is building off the same map, then it shouldn't take them as long to put out a sequel. If the coronavirus has subsided by 2021, the only peep of Metroid that we will get is Miyamoto will appear at the Game Awards and he'll be wearing a Metroid tie. And that'll Could, be it. Would it be so Nintendo for them to just display another Metroid 4 title screen at some sort of show? I don't think they can show it off until it's I mean, 
They're not going to do anything with old Smash. They're not going to do anything with old Metroid. So yeah, still waiting on that re-release. Um, I feel like there's probably yeah, yeah. a 3D Mario or a 2D Mario of some sort probably in the works as well. Um, Zelda, I mean, there is another, the. Well, no, there is. We're getting the 3D world of uh, 3D world. Yeah, with yep. the additional Bowser content as well. But that's a Switch port. Switch. Or, I don't a Switch called. port. Uh, Wii U port. Wii U port. Um, yeah, Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury releases February 12th. I still expect we'll see a Wind Waker Twilight Princess pack, uh, which is good because they'll get the best Zelda so. game on the Switch. Um, we will be getting that new title, and this is multi-platform, so it's not specific to the Switch, but I feel like it's at home there. Uh, Balan Wonderworld from Square Enix. Oh, yeah, that, oh, yeah. that game. Nights, Nights into Dreams. That. As well as they announced, um, what's it called? The sequel to one of those RPG games that I don't play. Uh, Bravely Default 2 is still coming out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. My son tried the demo. Oh, and there's no... There's also no more no more heroes three as well. Do they confirm Final Fantasy sixteen yeah. for next year, or is that just a pipe dream in my head? No, it's just announced. I don't think they put. A is there a chance on. Square Enix has their shit together and can get that out for next year? I don't yeah, think so, no. but I I think it's gonna come sooner than pre, prior Final Fantasy games have come yeah, I, after being announced. I wonder if they've learned their lessons. That's all I'm wondering. I'd like to think so. See if they have a date on it, but I doubt they do. And honestly, I'd rather see Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, whatever that is, before we we see. I think sixteen looks great. I actually can't wait to get my hands on it. It's made by the same group that's Uh, doing fourteen, but it's not an MMO. So hmm. I'm very curious to see what that plays like. I have to jump in and try Final Fantasy XV Royal Edition now that it's on uh, the PS PS Plus Plus collection. Hmm. Uh, our next big information reveal is scheduled for 2021 that are coming from producer Naoki Yoshida so we yeah. have no window on when we will see this title we're getting the next push but, in 2021 we will not see the title released that year you, you know thinking back to that first trailer for Final Fantasy 16 like you compare that trailer to the first trailer that we got for Final Fantasy 7 Remake and it is night and day in terms of here is a concept video of what we want this game to be versus oh we have a whole lot of our shit already in place and we are already in the middle of the bulk of this game's development and it's not going to be that much longer well you know what 2021 is just what a month we are one month from Christmas today and before we know it it'll be 2021 and we can all forget about the horrors that have been 2020 but in the meantime thank you for tuning into this episode of Press YYZ if you enjoyed what you heard or just think we're full of it uh, be sure to check us out on Twitch rate and review us anywhere you can especially Apple Podcasts it really does help and follow us on Twitter at PressYYZ, where we will keep you up to date on anything going on for the show, the host, whatever the case might be. And of course, the rest of us are on the social medias too. Nathan, where are you at? Uh, follow me at the underscore NMAC on both Twitter and Instagram. If you have cool ideas of how I can use Instagram, because I still don't quite understand it, let me know. Um, also, please check out my review for Sackboy A Big Adventure as it has gone live. Uh, today, so um, I, I really like the game. Please check the review out. That'd be great. Thank you. What, oh, hold on. Alex looks like Diglett right now. He looks like a little Diglett. <laughs> Is he literally sticking out of the ground? Bottle, or was that just conjecture? No, I just uh, I just need to stand up because otherwise I'm going to. 
Okay, Alex, before you piss your pants, where can people find you on social media? Uh, uh, Instagram, blatantly Alex. Twitter, blatantly underscore Alex. Thanks, you guys. Bye. Take care. AJ, where are you on the internet? You can find me all over the internet at Times Hero. Capital T, capital H. That's Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Cozy. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Alex Casino. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash live. However, uh, I am not going to be doing any more streams for the next little bit as I sort of kind of reconfigure my streaming plans and come up with a new strategy going forward. However, literally like the day after I hosted my kind of final video game stream on my channel for the next little while, uh, I got talking with some people on the Comedy Button Discord server, and we all agreed that it would be a good idea to host a watch party of the hit Christmas movie Santa Jaws. So we're going to be doing that. And uh, we actually discovered that we can actually host launch parties on your Twitch channel if you happen to have Amazon Prime, which is what this movie is available on. So you can tune in on the 29th of November, that is Sunday at 8 p.m. EST, to twitch.tv slash Live to witness us enjoy Santa Jaws together. Okay, okay that's a thing. This is, that's... Uh... I'm anywhere you can find me on the internet at Mr. Mitch George. And I wish Cozy had done that last. Uh, that's MR Mitch George, anywhere you can find it. Uh, thank you so much for being here today. And as always, thanks for playing.